Welcome, Annie, to the Full Circle podcast, Finding Your Way Home. I am thrilled you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Gillian. Me too. It's been a long time since we've seen each other in person. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Delighted to be here. So I know today we're talking about taking control, but mm -hmm. before we kind of do a deep delve into and a dive into that kind of uh, conversation. I thought what might be quite nice is for you just to share a little bit more about you and who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, so a little bit about me. Mm -hmm. um, I've been coaching in the executive arena for about six or seven years. But prior to that, my career has really been in the corporate world of media and communications. So I grew up post uni and started working at NBC, CNBC, Dow Jones, and sort of really kind of climbed the ladder, even though I don't like to use the expression <laughs> ladder in terms of careers, because it isn't one, um, but grew up through the commercial side of revenue. So marketing and sales and dealing with some of the world's biggest brands on marketing and advertising solutions. Um, and I did that for 20 odd years. And had experiences working for small and large organizations and career that developed not just sort of externally looking at clients, but then grew into internally understanding how you deal with stakeholders and sort of matrix operations in, in global organizations. So after 20 odd years of doing that, and to be honest, an awful lot of travel in the latter part of that, I decided to take a step back, um, focus a bit more time on family. I had two small children and decided to kind of reset and evaluate what my career should look like mm -hmm. and what I wanted to do for a living and for enjoyment. And so that took me on a path where I started consulting, similar work, similar vein, commercial strategy, commercial reviews for, for companies within the media sector. Mm -hmm. And that then led me to working with senior teams more closely and on a more personal level. And to be honest, I had a bit of an epiphany during one particular project with a media client. And it was the CEO who said to me, you know, you're more like a coach. And I was like, do you mean a business coach or a coach coach? Because I'd benefited from a coach mm -hmm. when I was in a senior role at Discovery. And I knew how advantageous that mm -hmm. was for me in terms of a process and a support. And he gave me the encouragement and piqued my curiosity about what it would look like to be a coach. Um, so I started the process of research and in all good sort of incisive ways and manners to understand what that would entail, what it looked like. And I did a couple of years of understanding where to train as a coach and the rest is history. Mm -hmm. I mean, I started that journey I loved the training. I love training with a number of companies, including your own. Mm -hmm. And I pivoted my business um, and I did it in a very concerted manner because I understood that a hybrid role where you're doing strategy on the one side and coaching on the other couldn't really coexist ethically yeah. as much as anything else. But my passion for coaching and my dedication towards it was really sparked by a kind of a feeling of fulfillment of mm. making an impact on an individual's life to help them thrive and be successful in their careers and ergo their lives. Yeah. So I started my coaching journey. Um, I've not looked back. I find it, it's an absolute privilege to sit with people and help them reflect upon who they are, where they are, what they're looking to achieve, 
help them, you know, deal with any adversity that comes their way. And I work very closely with Wanda Wallace, um, who is the co-founder of Leadership Forum and other colleagues within the partnership. And we've grown our business from there. So yeah, and delighted to say it's, I'll say it's a it's a healthy business and going in the right direction. I work with clients all over the world and teams. Which is amazing to hear, right? Yeah. Especially in the climate today. So yeah. it's good that it's it's moving ahead yeah. and that things are going well, which is awesome. So tell me then around taking control, mm-hmm. because you just talked there around helping people thrive and really figure out who they are and what they want. So tell me more about that concept of the work that you do with your clients around taking control. Yeah. Well, I think what the foundation of that is underpinned by people knowing that the need to be conscient, conscious and deliberate and strategic when it comes to their careers. And so many of us let things happen. Mm-hmm. We feel that, you know, we get the job, we do the training, we build the expertise, we have the competency. And some people still believe that it's somebody else's responsibility. And some believe it's the line manager's responsibility to chart the course for them. And that just isn't correct. It's kind of a fallacy. So I think part of our role is encouraging people for them to take control and not to follow happenstance into a career that sort of happens to them, but rather take control and chart a course in a conscious and disciplined manner that gets them where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And that's not saying it's kind of a linear you know, line to success and success means different things to different people. But really by following um, a cycle of stages that we do as career coaches, we help people really understand where they are. We yeah. look at their problem, so your problem, but putting you into it. What is your problem? Where are you at? What's the state of the union? Where are you going? And then we help people unlock your journey, their journey. Where do you want to go? Um, what does success look like to you? And where will you get the support? Who do you need to ask? for help and guidance, what are the best questions to ask? And that support group really needs to be in place early on in our career. And from that, whether it's mentors, whether it's sponsors within an organization, whether it's advocates, there are different areas of support and guidance that people can go to, Mm -hmm. to really furnish them with their ideas. So once you've helped people look at the journey, we help them plot that get the right stakeholders in place to answer the right questions. But as importantly is have people understand what their story is. Mm-hmm. So what is your story? What's your brand? Mm-hmm. And that's where our coaching practice really comes into its own because we're asking people to reflect on who they think they are, yeah. what their values are, um, how they align and live by them, what gives them meaning and abundance, what in the cruel light of day are their competencies? What are their their pitfalls? What are their blind spots? So we look at distilling the essence of the person, of who they think they are. But then as importantly, what we're not very good at is knowing how to tell our story. So how do we communicate that brand? What are the words that we use? Um, and how do we li- deliver the brand? How do we tell that story? And who are we going to tell it to? And there I'm talking more beyond the networking opportunity and this is what I do for a living. It's like, what's the essence of you? And how do we distill that in a way that makes an impact with the audience at the right time? So we're looking at kind of your problem, your journey, your story. And then we know um, that you're going to have challenges. Mm -hmm. So we look at your challenges. And what I feel very passionate about is 
preempting those problems and those problems we you know we meet them whether we're 25 or we're 45 but how are you going to respond to adversity yes. how will you react when things go wrong and how well do you know yourself about your own pitfalls mm -hmm. so what are your derailers when you go when you're under stress you're very tired where are you likely to go to will you kind of retract and hide or will you attack and be the you know the kind of the prima donna and what are you going to do to mitigate against those? So helping people respond to those, but equally in that challenging period, what will you do? What will your practice be to nourish yourself, your mind and your body and soul, your self-care practices? What will you do to strengthen and renew yourself when you reach those points of adversity? So we have the challenges, we travail those, and then we look at progress, you know, what are you doing to promote yourself? Yep. Where are you getting feedback? How do you uh, sorry, amplify your impact? And how do you raise your visibility? Mm -hmm. How do you learn the language to ask for what you want? Now, whether it's a raise or whether it's a promotion or whether it's a project, how do you stretch yourself outside of your comfort zone? And then through that progress, you largely come back to your future. Like how do you then continue to future-proof your career? Um, and what's next? So it's really that cycle that starts with where you are, yep. what you need to get yourself there, what's your story, how you manage the pitfalls, the ebbs and flows, and how you keep that d dialogue going in a persistent and consistent fashion throughout your career, whether you're 25, 45 or 55. Yep. I think they're all valid questions. So to me, that's control and mm -hmm. not letting others leak that power that you have because again, I think people often underestimate, they have more under their control yeah. than they give themselves credit for. Yeah, and I think that's why I was asking the question because I, I would absolutely agree with that. I think that we can be in a position where we think that we don't have control yeah. over our career or even sometimes our wider life. And what I'm hearing you saying is through the conversation that you're having is that actually what you're doing is you're giving the person the opportunity to step back some way yeah. so that then they can evaluate and to understand yeah. So that they can move forward. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about control is for me is that is that we don't often take the time yeah. for that. And I can see how valuable yeah. that process is. And I can I was getting excited thinking, oh, this is really good. Um, of how and how you can definitely see how that could work and help people really yeah. shift. For and, sure. And sustain. Yeah. And I think, you know, we don't give ourselves the agency to yeah. do that. Exactly. Because we think it's a nice to have. Yes. And it's actually, it's, criti it's critical to our own well-being. Yeah. So, you know, as well as I do, the power of reflection mm -hmm. is, you know, it's intuitively deeply restorative and it can be transformative for the individual. Yeah. So, and, and often, you know, our blind sides and our perceptions of situations at work are clouded by assumptions and judgments and we all have them. So if you have a partner in crime, whether it's a coach or whether it's the ability to just rationalize that and break the situation down or the personalities mm -hmm. down, you give yourself agency on taking back some control and moving forward in a way that meets your requirements of yourself and your yeah. expectations of yourself. So it's it's really empowering and very powerful process. Amazing. And it feels in many respects that you've also journeyed this yourself. Yeah, for sure. And, and for you, when you look back on your career and how you've navigated from where you were to where you are now, um, what have been those critical turning points or those critical kind of tipping points for you that have 
allowed you to shift into that next phase? I mean, I sort of, when I think of my career in the corporate world, um, you know, I made a couple of drastic jumps. So I jumped from a very established international publishing business, which was Dow Jones and the Wall Street Journal. And some would say took a risk moving Mm -hmm. to fledgling business news, which, you know, it was then. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people said, "Why, why would you take that risk? And I think for me, it was the knowledge that my curiosity was piqued and I wanted to try something new. I wanted to step outside of my comfort zone and take that risk to stretch and really experience a different area of media, but experience something new and burgeoning because I knew that would grow my skill in terms of understanding how to grow something. So I moved from publishing to television, Mm -hmm. CNBC. And then I took another step and went to a small communications agency that was a full service agency. It wasn't a huge agency, but it was doing a lot of work in the Middle East and emerging markets in South America and, and across Africa. So again, people would go, why would you leave this safe, big US organization to go and work for a small communications mm-hmm. consultancy? But again, it wasn't that I was bored. I just saw I need that string to my bow. There was something, there was a niche I had to scratch mm-hmm. about. What does it look like to be on the other side of the table? Yeah. Because I knew wherever I ended up, if I could span my horizons geographically and understand how, you know, what the driving factors were with the companies and also cultures of working outside of a European zone or a Western zone, it would again feed me my learning, my growth and development. So, but at each point, I definitely stepped back mm-hmm. and thought, what's the pros? What are the yeah. cons? Where will I add? I'm. These were not promotions, but they were def- definitely learnings that in summary, brought to the table at the end of that tenure, someone that was more rounded, Mm -hmm. more involved, more confident, um, and I think more fulfilled. It sort of, it was more my personal story. And then the big step, of course, was leaving Discovery as, you know, a member of the board and SVP and title to go and strike out on your own, do a similar thing. Really big move. Huge move. Again, you know, you lose all the comp and benefits of that <laughs> lovely big organization and taxis here and, you know, all, all of the lifestyle benefits that go to then. But again, it was a determined and definitive series of steps that I made to go, what's good for me? Mm-hmm. You know, forget the CV almost for a minute. What do I need now to make me thrive. And what I needed them then was to really nurture what I wanted to do for me and my family and a flexibility that afforded me a different way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the confidence that had the intellectual wherewithal and the skill and the tenacity yeah. and the diligence and commitment to grow a good business. Yeah. And then the next big step was, right, I'm gonna leave all of the strategy in the media and entertainment world behind and I'm gonna be going to become a coach. And I have to say that was a deeper, more personal, purpose-driven decision. Um, And I took my time. I took my time in researching it um, because as you know, in our industry, it's it's not regulated and there Mm -hmm. are coaches and there are coaches. But throughout my career, one um, primary pillar has been, I want to be the best. I want to work with the best. Um, I want to be stretched by formidable and formative characters. I want to be intellectually challenged 
and I've always worked for leading brands mm -hmm. and that's still sort of central to who mm. I am and how I operate in coaching and that's why I you know, love working with people like yourself and with Wanda that stretch me. So at each point, I think that point of reflection um, of talking to the right people, yeah. asking the right questions of yourself and then being true to them yeah. and reminding yourself of them of the path that you're on. So, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So obviously there's a lot in there and, and and I think just upon reflection, I think again what's coming back is that there's a piece there around connecting that more purposeful approach to mm -hmm. living your life as a whole, but also then pursuing that career yeah. that is going to make you feel whole, fulfilled, and really kind of tick more of those boxes around what you want now. And I think going back to what you said originally around the journey that you take your clients through, um, tell me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine that many don't come massively prepared yeah. with have done having have done that thinking or even putting pen to paper to think about well who am I now and and, and what do I want um, because we just move yeah unconsciously from one thing to the next and it's never really that kind of purpose led way so so tell me how the purpose led approach actually has a positive impact on well being well I think it's in the main, it's that sense of clarity mm. and ownership and accountability and power and power from within. And I think that's, that is well-being. Mm -hmm. It's nourishing your mind, your body and soul to know that you have one life, mm -hmm. you're one individual, you have a role to play and it's there for you to define as you best see it being defined and led. And then with the empowering knowledge that you can work with someone that has no agenda, mm. only yours. Um, there are no assumptions, there are no judgments. It's that very safe space in which to unfold and really unleash all of the stuff and yeah. the backstory and create the narrative that is suits and that fits your purpose now, mm -hmm. fits who you are, sort of wear the clothes, try them on for size, experiment in this place to really define what you do. So I think there's a levity and there's a liberating room that mm -hmm. you create mm -hmm. with a client for them to explore that. Yeah. That's refreshing, um, it's empowering, and the wellness that that creates is both intellectually um, it's heartfelt, it's head felt, and it's physically felt. Mm -hmm. So I would like to think that clients come in maybe a little confused, maybe really not having the language, because yeah. this is different stuff. It we is, don't, yeah. everybody's telling us what we need to do. It's rarely, the story's rarely from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And if we take a moment to define that or just sit with it, because again, you know, it's not, we're not putting people on a training course has to de design your better life, you know, or here's the life you want to lead. It's a process that you have to evolve at the pace of the client. Yeah. And it's a very fluid process. Yeah. And often the goals that clients will come into coaching wanting to achieve, I find shift two sessions in. Yes. And those that want to go on the more transformative process um, will really dig a lot deeper, but come out with a very different outcome than they thought at the beginning of the coaching process. And that's the beauty of the bespoke nature of mm -hmm. just sitting with one-to-one. -one. So I think it is mind, body and soul, and the impact is lifelong. Yeah. Um, and then can be renewed and, and refreshed with ongoing coaching, a program or just, you know, a toolkit mm -hmm. 
to have people know that they have agency and they always have control. And it feels from what you're saying is that sometimes those conversations might require you just to sit in some, the unknown, yeah. sit in the, the discomfort of not knowing. And like you said, coming out of that comfort zone a little bit to kind of maybe explore aspects of yourself that perhaps you've not yet discovered or not, re, you know, not visited for a while. For sure. Um, and much of that may be personal. Mm -hmm. um, some of it may be events or episodes that have happened in your working life, given the context of most of my clients are executives, mm -hmm. executives, we're all executives, yeah. are working individuals. And so often, if people are reflecting on the person that they are, they might be reminded of a situation or an episode with an individual at work or a redundancy or a project that they lost or an acquisition that fell through or um, a memory that they've sort of rooted in, mm -hmm. that's become ingrained in their own patterns of behavior and their ability or inability to almost see the wood for the trees. Yeah. So some of this will bring that back, mm -hmm. put it on the table. And ultimately what we're doing is going, what are we gonna do with this? Yeah. The power lies with you to make of it and shift the narrative to one that impacts your behaviors, your behaviors as a leader, your behaviors as a manager, mm -hmm. um, and how you want to lead a business, a team, and lead your life. So I think a lot of stuff comes out. So understanding the present, the past rather, having visibility and clarity on how it impacts the present mm -hmm. in order for that to inform how you want to define the future. Yeah. But it certainly can be very uncomfortable yeah. um, and holding that space and not forcing the process and just but trusting in it equally mm -hmm. is, yeah. is really critical. And I think it's interesting because I know that you're talking about working with leaders and executives, but in a sense, it's, you know, for the listeners, it, we're really making it clear and it sounds very clear to me that this is not, strategic leadership no. this is this is personal leadership yeah on how you show up how you belong how you do the things that you want to and how you how you you know like you said live that purposeful career or life and yeah. we know that sometimes it's difficult to you, you for me it sounds like you're working with the whole person it's not just you this are. is me and work it's it's me as a whole absolutely and i think that is um if i had a pound for every executive client that came in said but i'm like that at work but i'm not like that at home mm -hmm. and you go right okay. of course you are <laughs> go i'll go ask your yeah. partner mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what's the case but again you you kind of point towards a really important exercise that we encourage leaders uh, or business managers whatever to do at least once a year and we talk talk about that and refer to that as like the mountaintop view yeah. where you really do take the opportunity to stand oh. on top of that mountain and reflect mm. you know look in the mirror press pause and ask yourself those big life questions about stress, work, yeah. sacrifice, and the kinds of questions really vary very little. You know, where am I going? I mean, how a, yeah, how am I living by my yeah, values? What exactly. gives me mm -hmm. as a leader meaning, purpose, fulfillment, and abundance? And with those answers, you know, you can ask yourself what components of my life are being or, or how are they being managed in the mm. way that I want them managed mm -hmm. health finances my relationship with my partner my family my friends my health my spiritual growth yeah so it's a very personal inside out um ability to reflect but what you come out of that exercise with is greater clarity and focus mm -hmm. on who you are yeah and what's important to you and how you want to lead 
the next year. Yeah. It's not the only, I think, powerful reflection exercise you can do as a business leader, but I think it's probably the most important starting point. Yes. And then you really are holistic. You it's can the then whole move, yeah. purpose. Mm -hmm. But I think for us, there are other really critical um, reflection exercises that leaders should do. Um, and certainly a couple of times a year, informally or, inf mm. or formally, leaders should be asking those around them, their yeah. stakeholders, their critics, their mentors, of their perception mm. of how they're doing. How are they leading? How are they showing up? Are they too operational, too strategic? What's their style? How are they impacting? And I think the purpose of that is to help you lead others to a way that has them commit and engaged yeah. in a more purposeful manner to you. But it really is incumbent upon, or the power in that exercise um, lies in your ability to listen. Yes. Mm -hmm. And take feedback. And I have to say, as, as an organisation, I know as Leadership Forum and in the work that we do, we see ourselves as, as individuals that are just helping organisations give better feedback yeah. and take feedback. Because yeah. that culture, if you're doing it as a leader, you just encourage it across the board. Exactly. So that leadership health check um, can be tough as well, mm -hmm. but informally or formally set, it's another point of reflection that just creates a more yeah. efficient and happier organisation. So what I'm hearing then is that actually, even if you've done that work, such as I know who I am, mm -hmm. now that I know who I am, now that I'm thinking about my career and, and look, I've evaluated my values and my belief systems and making sure holistically everything is in check and aligned, there is then this sense of that, even as you go forward, that you then still have these regular health checks yeah so you take the time even though you might be in the best career of your life you might be flying with your career or whatever but it's still important to stop take check yeah and and do that and get that and seek that feedback yeah for sure um and i think you know that that annual health check mm -hmm. where it's the top of the mountain yeah. and you have your beautifully bound book and mm -hmm. it really is far-reaching yeah um it's as important then to have these milestones throughout the year that holds up the mirror, mm -hmm. as it were. How how do I think I'm doing, but how do others think, think I'm you're doing? doing yeah. What's mm -hmm. my audience telling me? Yeah. Because again, you know, the tendency is with the pressure and the pressure and stresses of work, we do derail. We, we default do. to mm -hmm. type. Mm -hmm. And so we need a little bit of a wake up call that goes, oh, well the a, a charter course on a particular business might change. Um, individuals change, roles change. Mm -hmm. So we need to constantly look to who's in the audience to go, how are we delivering on yeah. the goals that we set? Am I leading in the style mm -hmm. that I set out to? So the ability, I think, to, to listen to yourself, but also listen to others yeah. and accept that feedback and then in, introduce and encourage a culture that does the same. Yeah is critical. Um, so that kind of reflection exercise. Very nice, yeah. yeah. And I can see the, important. I can absolutely hear and see the value in that completely. I just wanted just to pick up on the listening piece if it's all right, because, you know, we say listen to, you know, listen is so big, right? But but we know that we sometimes only listen to yeah. the surface <laughs> yes, stuff, yes. right? What we want to hear. What we want to hear. Yeah. But what what you're talking about is actually the, what, the, the, the stuff that perhaps we don't want to hear as well. But I think that's quite a difficult pill to swallow, especially mm -hmm. if you feel maybe maybe your defences are up and especially I've worked with lots of organisations and individuals and even sometimes receive feedback myself when you're not ready to hear it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you're not in the right space or the environment's not right for you to hear it. It can be really tough, especially if it's a difficult message. 
Yeah, it can. And, you know, we're probably right in the middle of appraisal season. Yes. And a lot of people are getting messages that, you know, it might not sit well with them. Mm -hmm. they, they may, it may not reconcile with their worldview. Yeah. Um, but if, it, it's a, if it's a perception and it's evidence-based, even if it's a feeling that another has, if when synthesized, it needs to, you need to take it seriously. Yeah. All feedback is a gift. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's a plain outright lie and it's wrong, then, you know, That's fair, fair enough. enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But largely speaking, it isn't. If it's an impression that people have about your style of communication, the way you lead, the way you direct people, whether you're empowering, whether you're too directive, too forceful, whether you're not strategic enough, whether you're too operational, this is all food that feeds your ability mm -hmm. to be agile and adapt. So I think the job in terms of delivering the feedback is to create a space where people know the agenda is for your own development. Mm -hmm. It's not to kind of put you on the kind of the, the seat and, you know, trial by jury. Of course. You're yeah. wrong. Mm -hmm. if, the, if the appraisal and the feedback is contextualize in a way that this is here for our development. Mm -hmm. We, none of us are perfect, but we have to listen to the feedback and then sit with it. Yeah. And I think it's okay to feel a bit defensive and to yeah. feel a bit attacked. It's only natural well. yeah. and, and mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But then try to understand it, live with it. It's a little bit like osmosis. Try to determine what that means for you and what yeah. as a result you'd like to do about it. Because yeah. the choice is yours. Yes. You can ignore the feedback. Some might say, well, ignore it at your peril, but there's still your control, it's your choice. Yeah. But often the subtleties of the feedback can be understood and incorporated mm -hmm. into a deeper sense of self-awareness. Yeah. And then a softer understanding about what do I need to dial up or dial down mm -hmm. to move into that feedback and grow as a result. So I think it's deft communication. It's a non-threatening atmosphere yeah. where someone doesn't feel violated or attacked, mm -hmm. um, but feels empowered by the gift that's being given yeah. to them in the knowledge that they will be better mm -hmm. at their job, more agile, more effective within an organization. So I think those that are delivering the feedback um, hold a power. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a gift to give that feedback, but listening to it and not feeling violated mm -hmm. by it. But that takes time. It does. And yeah. our defenses are peaked potentially. But the more we become, I truly believe, um, used to giving feedback, and accepting feedback mm -hmm. day to day through conversations yeah. in organizations that are often dynamic or, you know, conflicted or whether there's disagreements, then the more open we are to kind yeah. of growth. Yeah. And I think that the openness actually is sat within everything you've said. There's this kind of willingness and readiness, but also this ability to be okay with exploration yeah okay with receiving feedback or and some of that could be really positive some might be more developmental but but really being open to the whole process yeah of self-discovery absolutely and that process i think some of the problems that we have with feedback is that the way it's described or defined mm -hmm. isn't enough for people to know what yeah. to do with yeah. So you were like, it's your style. What do you mean by that? You're not strategic enough. What do you mean by that? So sometimes the jargon gets con confused with what's mm -hmm. really at the essence of yeah. it. So again, there, I think the exploration is what does that mean to me? Mm -hmm. What is meant by that comment? How do I sit with that? How does that feel? And then what do I want to do with it? Yeah. 
So how do I grow um, as a result? So that exploration and then that has to be done with guidance and mm. support, not just from a coach, but from one's line manager. But again, the importance of other stakeholders in organisations is critical because yeah. some feedback you might, I just don't know what to do with that. Yeah. But if you went to a mentor or a sponsor in the organisation, particularly if it's coming from a line manager who just mm -hmm. go, well, we just don't get on or his style is very different to mine and I'm never going to be like that then I think you can add colour to the feedback yeah. and make it more yours. Yes, yeah, I would agree with that. And personalise it and then go, right, so what does this mean to me? What do I think is achievable for me yeah. to lean into it? Nice. Um, and ask for support. So it feels to me from what you're saying that whatever, whatever this, you know, wherever somebody is in their journey and wherever they're going, self-discovery and that opportunity to be open and receptive mm -hmm. is essential to that person's growth and understanding. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and the commitment and the mm -hmm. confidence to embrace that can be frightening because mm -hmm. sometimes we don't know who we are. Yeah. So knowing what kind of questions you need to ask yourself mm -hmm. to discover that and being open for it not to be completely correct. We're not, you know, we're not in an Excel spreadsheet. It's yeah. not a box ticking exercise. Even when we do values exercises with clients, it's much deeper. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, it's really tapping into your core and who you are and what drives you. And the outcome of that is powerful for you. And, you know, we walk a little taller and more ourselves in our own light and power yeah. if we take the time to do that. Yeah. So let's look at some advice then that you can share because you've given so, it's a really great conversation, very energized by the conversation. So I'm, I'm wondering around, what would you be saying to our listeners who may be a bit nervous about embarking on a journey of this level of self-discovery that you're talking about? What advice would you give? Well, again, I think there are points where this is more powerful than others. Mm -hmm. I think if clients are thinking, I'm stuck, mm -hmm. or there's a point of intervention where I'm not sure what's next, then trust the process and in the right hands and guidance, mm -hmm. um, know that that investment in you is one that you can only make. Yeah. And it's worth making. And that's the control, isn't it? That's the control. Yeah. So I'd say when we're feeling like that, if we're feeling stuck, it's because we've ceded control. We've yeah. lost a little bit mm -hmm. of our power mm -hmm. um, by everything else that's happening in yeah. and around our worlds. And so by only the step of considering it, mm -hmm. of considering undertaking it, that's a great first step. Yeah. What can I do for me yeah. that will help me just better understand what I want? And what I want, not in a long-term, big picture, life goals, but like what's, what's the one thing that I can want for me today Yes. or this week? So I think the baby steps, I think if it's too gargantuan a task, like we're all going to go on a retreat and mm -hmm. find ourselves, you know, many of us can't afford that. We yeah. don't have the time to do it. So I think break it down yeah. into small bite-sized pieces and just ask yourself the simple questions. Yeah. What do I need? What do I want for me this week? And then what does it look like? And obviously, journaling helps to reflect mm -hmm. um but the exercise to just find out a little bit more about who you are yeah. and how you tick and what's important i think in and of itself is really fulfilling and does something for you so the tiny things so i would say if it feels all kind of a bit like scary and oh i'll go on a process about what's my journey and what's my brand mm -hmm. and what are my challenges 
I would start simple and start yeah. small. Yeah. And I would agree. I think I think the who I am question, although it feels quite massive in, in the concept of it, but actually if you do get pen to paper yeah. and you just take a few, you know, take some time out just to kind of jot down whatever comes to mind can start to help you uh, process or start you to even unlock the door for yeah. exploration, which I think is lovely. Yeah, yeah, really. And so you've, as we know, you've been on your journey, you've shared it with us. Um, but looking back now, and just even compared to this process that you now work through with your clients, what has been your biggest learning? Biggest learning? Um, trust yourself. Yeah. Just have trust in the person that you know you are yeah. and you want to be. Yeah. Listen to yourself, affirm that and remind yourself of it. So when the the noise the the mm -hmm. noise starts and whether it's family or partners or just the news, take stock. Yeah. And when you feel that limbic system and the inner critic might be, you know, throwing doubt or throwing mm -hmm. a shadow on a decision you might have made, just take the time to reset yeah. and remind yourself and then chart that path. Yeah. Stoically in your own speed, but trust yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's not just an intuitive trust, yeah. trust your own process and values and diligence in the next step, whatever yeah. the step is. Yeah. And and obviously I know that this relates so so much to your well-being, your health, your mental health, your emotional health, even your physical health. Because when we're blocked and we're stuck, yeah. we don't feel like doing things that are going to make us feel any better sometimes because we, we get caught in that cycle and our narrative might be, well, just stay and do what you do. It's fine. It's what yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so just on a final note then around um, the well-being piece, because... I think trust is most probably, I think, one of the biggest things that you can do for yourself. Yeah. Give yourself time is another one. So these are all really incremental mm. steps that built a longer, sustained well-being. Yeah. Because obviously in the jobs of leaders and in your career, my career, you have to look after yourself as well yeah. along the journey. So so what other advice would you um, share around if there's anything that we've missed from a well-being perspective that you think would be interesting to share? Well, I think the self-care yeah. part of mm -hmm. well-being, um, again, with too many clients, is the nice to have. Yeah. And it's critical. Mm -hmm. So how we nourish ourselves. And again, as you know, that's a very personal route mm -hmm. to success. For some people, it will be the yoga and Pilates. Yeah. For other people, it will be you know, club bangers on the headphones <laughs> on the way to, to, to work in the morning or running or reading. But that well-being and understanding the ingredients it takes to keep you set, mm. to keep you balanced, um, that nourishment, spiritual, um, physical, intellectual. But the thing that takes you out almost of yourself and the elements that surround your world back to who you are yeah. that help you drive the energy that's required to be. Mm -hmm. um, to be in the being rather than doing, I guess. Yeah. So I, I would say that, that the self-care piece, whatever that looks like to you, it's not a nice to have, it's not a luxury. Yeah. It's an integral part of your program, your week-to-week yeah. -week program, whether it's a daily ritual, which I know you're a mm -hmm. big fan of, so am I, mm -hmm. or whether it's a weekly, yeah. I don't want to work, use the word treat because it's yeah. our well-being, mm -hmm. it's everything. The other thing I would say is that I think lights up the system, which again is for me an important part of well-being, is stretching yourself. Yeah. 
It's just doing something that's new or different that shakes things up. And, you know, you'll know that Wanda has her podcast. It's called Out of the Comfort Zone. But genuinely, whenever I've changed tack or changed job or changed career, you are in that area yeah. where you're kind of like a little bit rudderless mm -hmm. and frightened mm -hmm. and maybe anxious. But what you get through the other end, whatever yeah. you've trained for or the goal that you've set, that's where growth, and I think that's really central to well-being too. Because so well. yeah, you're kind of growing personally, mm -hmm. you're happier, more, more fulfilled, you feel healthier. Yeah. But, you know, the lights on the dashboard are all kind of fully mm -hmm. lit. So for me, anything that's new, and it doesn't have to be massive, no. it's just I've not done that before. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So take yourselves out of your comfort zones. Be open to a journey of self-discovery and self-awareness and take time. Yeah for self-care but also for self-learning and self-growth absolutely so as we're drawing our conversation to a close where can people get hold of you if they want to find out more about what you do and get in contact with you well i'd love to hear from the viewers and your <laughs> listeners um uh jillian so i'm on linkedin as annie rogers um the company that i work with is leadership forum with wanda wallace and Jana sanchez and so online on linkedin details are there would be more than happy to discuss the topics that we've mm -hmm. um, shared today and help people kind of thrive in their careers and, and life. Amazing. Thank you so much. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thank and I you. think I'm going to go off and take some time to do some self-reflection. Fabulous. Thanks, Gillian. Well, what a fantastic conversation with Annie Rogers. I loved Annie's energy, her drive to support others to thrive through helping them understand who they are, what they want, and taking an executive and a leader through a true journey of self-discovery. And we know that when we start exploring ourselves, it can absolutely have a huge impact on our own well-being and the way that we experience ourselves in the world. I really was struck by Annie's kind of exploration around feedback, listening at a deeper level, and really taking control over your life and your career. As we know, we, become, we can become very, very passive in the way that we view our careers and, and how we want to show up and experience our world. And by taking a step back, really kind of drawing ourselves back to expand the space, take a moment to reflect, check in and have regular check-ins throughout the year just to make sure that you are showing up as your true self in the way that you want to be living and managing your career, I would say is absolutely essential to our overall growth and well-being. I hope you enjoyed this conversation because I certainly did.